On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll review another disappointing debut from a top pitching prospect. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, June 8th, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I'm here with Michael Beller. And the big news today, Michael, uh, is um, really the the flip side of the big news over the weekend with Jackson Coart getting uh, called up. We will talk about him later on, but a couple of uh, demotions, high-profile demotions, Jared Keldnick. Going down for the Mariners, Keston Hira again for a second time this season, getting optioned uh, by the Brewers. Uh, so Kelnick leaving the majors on a 44 straight plate appearance hitless streak um, and a corresponding move. Mariners activating Shed Long, who uh, is has completed his recovery from shin surgery. So first, let's talk about Kelnick. Uh what what should we do if we if we've got him rostered? Uh, I I would think that uh, you know given his ceiling that he should be stashed. But do we maybe learn something from this uh, first call up? Uh, yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. Honestly, if you have Kellenic on your roster and we're just talking like a straight redraft league, it's hard. It's hard to just bury a guy on your roster and you know you're not really sure when he's going to come back. And frankly. He earned this demotion, Al. He was bad. He was bad in the time that he was in the majors. It's not like there's service time shenanigans at play here, nothing like that. He was just straight up bad. And so it's hard to know when he's going to be back. We know he's going to be back this season. He's not just going to be a AAA guy for the rest of the year, but it's a tough spot to be in. I wouldn't fault someone who did drop him and move on. Uh, I would say I probably would try to avoid that at every possible cost, Uh, but... If you really don't have the space to just have someone sitting there on your roster taking up a spot for two weeks, three weeks, a month before he's back, I don't think this is someone who you absolutely have to hold on, no questions asked. All right. And uh, Shed Long coming up. Uh, where should we be adding him at this point? Mm, ale only, I suppose. That's probably the only place where I'm going to be interested in him right off the bat. We do know that he's got some uh, speed that he brings to the table, but uh, beyond that, with this lineup playing the way it is, you're not going to get a ton of run scoring or or, uh, RBI upside. I just want to say AL only, and if he can prove his way into a 15-team league, then I can talk about him then. But until then, just AL leagues. All right, and Castahira gets another shot, uh, but still strikes out a lot, doesn't really produce much, goes back down to AAA. Um, So I'm going to frame this question. It's basically the same question as with Kelnick, but I'm going to frame it slightly differently. I have Castahira in a 12-team mixed league, in my my Tout Wars league, and I have been stashing him all season long, Uh, and I'm going to continue to, at least for the short term. Do you view that as a mistake? And just to you know, offer my explanation for it is that this is somebody who has produced at the major league level. Uh, I do have six bench spots. Uh, I haven't yet had a a big dilemma in terms of, you know, having to give up on adding somebody I really wanted. Uh, But do you think it is time to part ways? 
I mean, that sounds like a fine justification, but with what we've seen from Keston here going back to the start of the 2020 season, I don't see why any of us should believe that he's suddenly going to figure it out at the major league level. So I wouldn't be holding on to him if I were in your shoes. All right. I am in my shoes and uh, I'll have something to think about uh, next weekend when I've got to make <laughs> make some roster decisions. Uh, let's get to some other news items from Monday. Ad- Adbert Alzali left his start at San Diego with a blister. So that's one that we'll have to track uh, as the weekend approaches, see if he can make his next start. J.D. Martinez did not start on Monday against the Marlins, still dealing with that sore wrist. Javier Baez and Jack Peterson both out of the Cubs lineup for that game against the Padres. Uh, Baez dealing with a hand injury, Jack Peterson dealing with a back issue. Byron Buxton, as was anticipated, but now we know we, that we can confirm this, that Byron Buxton's going to start a rehab assignment on Tuesday with AAA St. Paul. And Kenta Maeda, he is also going to make a rehab start with that very same club this Wednesday. So no timetable yet for Maeda, but Buxton, uh, we'll have to keep track of that one too, because maybe we see him back with the Twins very, very soon. And, uh, you know, safe to say that uh, you should have been hanging on to Buxton all this time. I'm sure you did and uh, maybe just wait a little bit longer. So uh, let's take a look back at a very, very skimpy Monday slate, just three games. But the thing that we were all anticipating, Michael, was the debut, Major League debut of Jackson Coar. And uh, we still have to wait for him to complete an entire inning (laughs) at the Major League level. Only got two outs against the Angels, gave up four runs on three hits and two walks, didn't strike anybody out. Um, we've, We've kind of seen this movie before. This season, Uh, Logan Gilbert getting off to a rough start seems to have recovered from that. Daniel Lynch, he's back in the minors now after a difficult debut. Um, So what's what's the blueprint for dealing with a prospect who starts off this way? And Major League Baseball's heart. Who would have thunk it, right? Um, <laughs> look, oh, hopefully he gets another bite at the apple over the weekend. I'm certainly not dropping him if I just grabbed him, and I'm not dropping him even with a bad start uh, against Oakland if that ends up happening over the weekend. But yeah, just another reminder that uh, just because a guy is dominating AAA, just because a guy is a high ceiling, just because we feel really good about what his future looks like three, four, five years down the road doesn't mean we necessarily need to love what his future looks like three, four, four, three, four, five starts down the road. Coar, the last guy to use it. And I will say that I like seeing that from Mike Matheny. I don't necessarily uh, always agree with his managerial strategies, but no reason to let the rookie get beat up. You know, three hits, two walks. I know it's not like, like maybe you let, you know, John Lester continue in a situation like that, but no reason to let Coar get beat up in that situation. I like seeing that quick hook, actually. Yeah, could just have been jitters. Uh, I I agree with you on that. And uh, this is somebody that just was absolutely dominating in the minors this year. So, uh, yeah, far, far too early to be uh, making any sort of drops or anything after you just picked him up, most likely. Uh, In that same game, Hunter Dozier with a nice game at the plate, three for four, couple of doubles. He's now up to seven doubles on the season. And a little bit of a hot streak lately. Uh, his last seven games, he's seven for 26 with a couple of homers in addition to those doubles. Uh, nine strikeouts, though. So a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. The power is there for Dozier. You figure, if nothing else, he's going to hit for power, but still striking out a lot. Um, at this point, is it worth maybe picking him up, uh, waiting for him to, to start making more contact or um, you know, ignore him in most formats at this point? Yeah, you hate, you absolutely hate the uh, the 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 
uh, strikeouts that he is bringing to the table here. But I don't know, with all the injuries that we have, and we know what Hunter Dozier can do when he does get right, as you said, he is still hitting for a decent amount of power when he does make contact. I could definitely see kicking the tires on him uh, for this next week or so and seeing where it goes because of all the injuries. Like, There's plenty of people, myself included, who are considering Hunter Dozier right now because of the injuries that they have on their team. And I think it makes sense with a guy hitting like this. You know the power is going to be there. Why not give it a shot? If he doesn't come through, you didn't really miss out on a whole lot elsewhere. All right. And in that same game, Max Stacy also with a three-hit game uh, for the Angels, hit his third home run of the season, his second double, hitting for average above 300. Uh, and, you know, we complain, I don't want to say constantly, but maybe consistently about the catcher pool, especially this season. Uh, I think Stacy maybe is somebody, uh, granted, he was on the IL for a while, but he's back. And uh, I think somebody that could help uh, not only with batting average, but eventually with power. Uh, I think maybe he's going a little bit under the radar. Hey man, a catcher with a pulse is a very good thing in the fantasy baseball world, and you like seeing you like seeing what uh, what he's done. Three homers and two doubles. I mean, on the season, like it's better than it sounds, right? So uh, yeah, sure, I could definitely see another guy who I'm not going crazy for, but if you need help at catcher, this is someone worth taking a look at. All right, and let's stick with this uh, Royals Angels game. Anthony Rendon, uh, a standout, not in a great way here. He did get a hit, uh, one for four, that actually slightly bumped up his batting average on the season to 236. Only three home runs. And I feel like this is a story uh, that I've, frankly, we haven't discussed. I've not seen it discussed elsewhere very much. But um, very disappointing production from Anthony Rendon so far. And yet, it's kind of a head-scratcher as to why. Um, He's actually hitting for a a little greater exit velocity on flies and liners than he did a year ago, 93.2 miles an hour, which is really pretty much in line with what he's done in recent seasons. Uh, So, uh, do you see something here that I'm missing? Uh, Any cause for concern? Um, I mean, the, the stat cast numbers certainly don't match up with where he was in 2019 and 2020 uh, and 2018, really over his entire career. Um, you know, if you go look at those from previous years, you're only going to see red and maybe shades of pink. Um, this year you're going to see a whole lot of blue and that's just not what we're used to seeing from Anthony Rendon. So I feel comfortable saying that something's not right. And a guy with his track record, I usually trust to bounce back. I still lean in that direction with him this season, but with just all these peripherals lining up in a way that suggests he's earned his poor performance, it does feel like something's not quite clicking with him this year. So I wouldn't say that this is a slam dunk bounce back case for the second half. All right. Now Manny Machado with a productive night at the plate on Monday, two for three with his eighth home run of the season against the Cubs, but kind of a similar story there batting just two thirty nine, more power than Rendon has shown so far, but definitely less power than we've seen from Machado in past seasons. Uh, he is getting the stolen bases, six of them so far. So again, a little bit of a mixed bag with Manny Machado, uh, but for me, kind of the same story. I didn't see the, uh, the the flaws in the peripherals for him. So I'll go back to you and see uh, w- what you are finding there with Manny Machado so far this year. Yeah, there are there really aren't any. I mean, the one thing that he's doing is he's hitting the ball on the ground way more than he has in seasons past. But everything else lines up with where he has been in seasons past. And another thing that you love is go take a look at his spray chart. I mean, he's hitting the ball all over the field. This has the feeling of something that is going to get right, and it's going to get right sooner rather than later. I don't know if people are really going to try to 
sell out on Manny Machado. I don't know if he's a realistic buy low candidate because I would think that whoever has invested in him would be the first person at the front of the line ready to buy low on him. So I don't know if that's a realistic piece of advice you can act on. If it is, I would take it. And if you are a jittery Manny Machado manager, I would say, hold on. Things really feel like they're about to start clicking for him. All right. Well, let's take a look at the Tuesday streamers. Much bigger slate this time. A couple of pitchers that we talked about uh, over the weekend and before the weekend, Martin Perez and J.D. Brubaker, J.T. Brubaker, rather, um, both with difficult matchups. So maybe the most attractive pitchers just in a vacuum on the slate uh, that you could stream, but very, very tough matchups. Perez versus the Astros, Brubaker versus the Dodgers. I'm going to assume this is a hard no for you, Michael. I could maybe get on board with Brubaker, but there's so many circumstances that would have to get me to that point that I would say 99 cases out of 100, it's going to be a no for both of these guys. Just don't want to chance those sort of matchups that they've got tonight. All right, so let's take a look at uh, some pitchers, maybe who you would want to stream. Uh, we've got Mets Orioles, so teams you might, you would want to stream against. David Peterson and Bruce Zimmerman going there, and Chris Bubich and Andrew Heaney going in the next installment of Royals Angels. So we got Peterson, Zimmerman, Bubich, Haney. We got Marco Gonzalez at Detroit, uh, Seattle, and uh, and the Tigers. So good streamers there, but. Boyd, probably Matthew Boyd, he probably won't be able to get to stream, but Marco Gonzalez, a possibility. And I'll throw one more name out there. Zach Davies at the, the Padres' his former team. They'll be going with Denelson Lamette. And maybe Davies is the new John Gant because his last six uh, starts, he's got a 256 ERA, but a very poor strikeout to walk ratio, but just not giving up hard contact. So Peterson, Zimmerman, Bubich, Haney, Marco Gonzalez, Zach Davies, anybody streamable there. Yes, Marco Gonzalez is very streamable. I think Marco Gonzalez is keepable beyond the start. He is easily at the top of my list, whether we are talking short or long term. Really, really like him here, and I do think he's someone. He was getting right before he went on the IL. A nice return from the IL. I like Marco Gonzalez a lot, not just tonight, but going forward. All right, looks good. So let's wrap it up here with a look at our weekly gambling spotlight. All right, Al, let's take a look at this here. Uh, give me the Astros to score more than five and a half runs. That is plus 110 on BetMGM. Martin Perez stifled them last time these two teams met. I do not think that happens again, and I like them getting him so soon after they were stifled by Martin Perez. I think that offense gets right. Michael Brantley also back for the Astros tonight again, plus 110 on BetMGM. And let me throw, let me throw a little uh, favorites parlay at you. The two teams in Florida, the Rays and the Marlins, both have big-time pitching advantages in their games tonight. Tyler Glasnow versus John Lester for the Rays. Pablo Lopez versus Antonio Sensatella for the Marlins. You take those two, you put them together, you get plus 135 on your money from BetMGM. I will be looking at those two Florida teams to both take victories tonight. Give me a little plus 135 on my money if I parlay them. All right. All right. Well, uh, good stuff there, Michael. So that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball 15. And uh, just the usual reminder to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, if you do any or all those things, we thank you in advance. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melchior, and we'll be right back here on Wednesday. <laughs>